thanks for showing up two minutes late. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You know, I'm the friend that shows up to brunch late, but in a great outfit. And if y'all could see my face right now, I clearly have a resting brunch face. And I'm not <laughs> impressed because I like to run on time. And Yate knows this. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> resting brunch face. We are your hosts, Erica and, and Yate. And we are going to be talking about everything and anything from hot topics to current events, life in Toronto, you name it. And everything in between. There you go. Yes, big topic of the day of the like the year, probably. Rihanna came through on January 31st with some lovely news. For those of you in the Navy waiting for an album, it was not an album. It's a pregnancy. And she looks very happy. She is glowing. Um, Very surprising. I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, we all know that Rihanna has wanted to be a mom. She's made that clear in several interviews over the years. But I think the even bigger topic of discussion, which has been all over social media, is the father of her child. And how surprising that is. I don't think anyone saw that coming, but um, I think this just goes to show the how little we know celebrities, even though it feels like we've known them forever. Right. Because Rihanna looks genuinely happy, but I think all of us in the Navy are like, this guy? (laughs) This Negro, because of all the Negroes out there, (laughs) she could have had... I just, I'm, I'm very surprised. And you know, Drake is in a corner crying right now. He is bawling his yeah. eyes. But he also recently showed a picture, a video with his son and his son is adorable. Right. But you know, Drake definitely would have preferred <laughs> to have been the yeah. Rihanna's child. I think this is obvious, <laughs> but it's just, so, I think, okay. So we all know ASAP Rocky, like, as a musician, he makes some okay music. You know, he made that comment like years ago about black women in red lipstick, which like we're just like, mm. but for me more recently, what why this pairing is shocking is because Rihanna is very much about at least what she says publicly about Black Lives Matter. Obviously, she supports black women with her through her makeup line and being inclusive with Savage um, Venti times Savage. Savage Fenty, sorry. So, you know, like she, I feel like really represents throughout all of her endeavors and keeps, you know, the people in her mind. But during like 2020, when Black Lives Matter was popping off in the States in particular, before, you know, there were marches globally, someone had asked ASAP Rocky, like what he thought about it. And pretty much he said it didn't affect him because he was in Beverly Hills and like not in the hood right so I just find him problematic like I don't I'm not a fan of his I think anyone who knows me knows I don't like him his comments like you said about you know dark-skinned black women we are both dark-skinned black women so that was offensive and he also has a history of getting in trouble with the law 
more than once, like a long track record. Like we're going back to early 2000s up until just very recently, like two, three years ago, he had that. Yeah, he was in jail in Sweden. Jail in Sweden. Like what are you doing in your life to end up in jail in Sweden as an artist? Like you're not doing something right. Like, I don't know. This guy just, we'll see how long it lasts. That's what I'm, I'm well, just- she looks like she's like head over heels in love with him though. Right. Like she looks like she's really, I like, feel like he's an opportunist. <laughs> I'm going to just say that. <laughs> I mean, come on. She's a billionaire and he has had like struggle music from time. Like when's the last time you heard a song with him on it? That was number one. Or I don't remember. I can't think of one. But well, I, I think this just speaks to a wider issue of Black women being very successful and how hard it is to find a partner that is like equally successful to you, right? Like the only other billionaire musicians we know of are like Jay-Z and Kanye. And that's not happening. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yes. Her options are very limited, but did she have to branch out that much? That's what I'm wondering. Did she have well, to where else can she go? Like, yeah, she was dating well, her that ex. Guy. Her ex, boo, he was fine. And he was a billionaire. I mean, he, he's not black, but he definitely matched her level of success. He made her happy and he doesn't have to be black to be the father of her child. But who knows? Maybe that was one of her criteria, though. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe that's something she wanted. And she was like, I'm just going to find a sperm donor. But if she had just found a Swerndomer, like he wouldn't be in the pictures. That's why I said Immaculate Conception. Okay, Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy for her because, yeah, she's talked about how much she wanted to be a mother. She is like the fashion icon of our generation. Mm-hmm. She's going to have a fashion icon baby. And I'm here for it. I act like, you know, ASAP Rocky is just there. Like, all right, he's going to be at the baby shower in the back. Like no one's no one's here for him. We're here for the real, real housewife of Barbados. Yeah, oh, we're oh, here for real house husband. Sorry. Real husbands of Barbados. Listen, we're here for Rihanna and this baby. How the baby got here is none of my concern. That is I'm ready for these fits. The baby's gonna be very cute. I hope she, I hope she has a healthy and stress-free success, like you know, problem-free pregnancy and birth. Um, I hope the baby, I hope she flies back to Barbados to have the baby. So it's like, I know I was like, where is she going to deliver? I was thinking about that. It was so weird. I was actually even giving energy to that, but I was like, Barbados could be reasonable. I mean, it's no. private. They could easily control security there for her. And her family will be there. And her family will be there versus like, I mean, the baby's already going to get like American citizenship because of he's American, right? Yeah. ASAP Rocky. So she doesn't worry about that. You can get, be a dual citizen. Mm -hmm. the reason why we're thinking about it so much is because january has felt like 500 days like a full year and some and it's been terrible news all january so for her to come out on january 31st looking all cute (laughs) with her belly out with her vintage chanel puffer from 1998 like i just it just makes me happy like i'm just happy it's nice to see people just, you know, I'm happy for her. I love babies. So, Thank you know, and being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't knock it. Can't knock it. So it's going to be interesting to see 
coverage for the rest of her pregnancy. I feel like there's going to be a song from Drake. I feel like, I feel uh, like, I feel like there will be something slight. That would be slight so medicine. cheesy. But Drake is cheesy. He is that. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be too much. And like, kind of like you have a kid. It's not necessarily with the person you maybe wanted, but like, I just think it's bad vibes. You don't want to be putting out bad vibes like that for but what? He's, for someone. he's made comments about other girls. Yeah, but this is different. Now, now my baby fashion icons involved. He better keep his mouth <laughs> shut. <laughs> I can see it, but we never know. You never know. Let's see what happens. I hope he but sends can... a nice gift as a call. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. That yeah. would be nice. Oh, and then yeah. You're alone. Yeah, and then just never <laughs> talk about her again. Yeah, just leave her That's the thing about men that's so weird. It's like, dude, you all broke up a while. If you even re- dated properly, maybe y'all were just chatting. No, he Either was just way, chasing her. No, they weren't even dating. He was just chasing her, let's be honest. Yeah, so you chased her for a minute. You got thoroughly shut down. We should, like, just take the L and shut up. <laughs> just let it go. But we'll let see. it go. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> but I am definitely excited for the rest of the year to see all of her pregnancy outfits. Is she going to go the way of like a Kim K and like wear heels, like how she did with North? Is mm-hmm. she going to be in like flats and sweats the whole time? Not that it matters. Like, I'm just curious. I feel like she's going to be a bit practical with it, but you never know. Who knows? Rihanna, she can pull off any look and make it look high fashion. So we'll see. We'll see what she comes out with. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. This is some good news. So this was like a lovely end to Jen. That news that made yeah. me very happy. Agreed. Agreed. Toronto topic that will never die because, you know, the prices just keep going up and up is real estate. And, you know, we're here looking at these prices. The pandemic has hastened the price increases. Mm-hmm. People are leaving the city in droves to try and buy things outside of the city. The rest of us are in bidding wars <laughs> for yes. bungalows. Yes. <laughs> What's basically happened? Not even bungalows. It's like for a parking spot. <laughs> so... What's happened is that prices have skyrocketed to absurd levels and inventory has now just fallen off a cliff. It's an all-time low. Um, There's just nothing to buy. And then what is available to buy is really not desirable. Or you're going to be ending up in a studio for a million dollars. And that's just not practical when you're starting trying to start a family or you there's more than one person who needs to live in the space. I feel like Toronto, unfortunately, Toronto real estate is just not going to, I don't see it slowing down. Um, mm-hmm. It is a nightmare basically for anyone in our demographic as a millennial, who, if you don't have rich parents <laughs> who can give you like 150K for that down payment, um, it is, it's quite ridiculous when you think about it. Like back in the day when our parents were buying homes, like my parents' house, I think in Calgary cost, what was it, like maybe 120K? And that was like a four bedroom, three bath garage, massive corner lot, huge backyard, you name it, everything. 
custom finishes, et cetera, et cetera. Now, something like that, if you want to put it in Toronto, it would easily be a few million, but have salaries increased to match that nonsense? No. Yeah, it's definitely wild to think about how much I think my parents paid like 250 for their house in Pickering, um, where they in 2007. So, so even like multimillionaires probably the way Pickering is going. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't even buy I would be buying a really, I don't even think I can get a house in Pickering. If I want to get anything now, it's like condos only. And you're paying about the same amount you would pay in the city. Now, just looking up online, the value of Canada's like housing market is three times the output of our economy. So Canadian housing is valued at more than 300% of the country's gross domestic product. And this is from Mm betterdwelling.com. Can you imagine that? I think um, it goes on to say that for the states in America, their housing market is 170% of their GDP. So we're past them. We've beaten the yeah. U.S. And, and that's not something as a Canadian we should be doing because America has population and like space. In Canada, like we don't have the population and we don't really have the space. And you're going to say, y'all say Canada is such a big country. Yes, but like, we should be honest. Are how much you of the land can we act- Well, no, not even that. Like, how much of the land can we actually build on? How much? Uh, well, we- yeah, but also, like, climate is a huge, like, determinant of where you're going to want to live in Canada. Like, last week it was minus 21 Celsius for like the whole week. We had a snow, like, a snowstorm. Like, yeah. that's just in the GTA in Toronto where the weather is somewhat like mildish. Now, imagine moving to a place like, Am I li- am I leaving Toronto to go to Manitoba? No, where it's minus twenty one every day in January. No, and February and March and probably April. <laughs> Let's be honest; like no one wants to move out there. And I think we actually do have the population to sustain this real estate market. Unfortunately, because immigration is a thing, more people are predicted to be coming by. I think like at least a million in the next five to ten years. Something wild that I read the other day in the Globe and Mail. Um, so the demand is there. So as long as the demand is there and there are funds, prices will just keep going up because nobody could have foreseen our real estate market skyrocketing like it did in the last two years of the pandemic. Like you would think like pandemic, you just sit your butt at home. You're not trying to buy a house. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> but, you know, people did it. And full disclosure, like we actually purchased pre-construction. Um, and that was after a lengthy somewhat lengthy process. And it was also very discouraging going through the process and being outbid uh, by ridiculous amounts of money. So I can see a lot of people, I think Toronto eventually is going to go the way of like Montreal and be a renter's market. Like just, you're going to be renting for life. It's fine. And we all know, I know the argument in Canada is like, oh, you have to own. That's the key to like be like making it here the key to success and blah 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 I don't subscribe to that I never believed in it only reason we bought is just for so we don't have to move every few years um but I love renting and if you are disciplined and you can save just as much as a homeowner in the end you all end up at the same place you have a good amount of savings and that's that you just need a roof over your head and a lot of the world actually let's be honest does not own a lot of the world rents their property so I don't know why Canada feels the need to be so ridiculous about this 
Well, as you said, the demand's there. There's no supply. I think what's just disappointing, especially for our age group. So we're like between 30 and 40, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're making the money, but we can't afford to get anything. Right. And what's disappointing about that is because that's what you were told. Like if you did all the right things and you could get it. And another thing that (laughs) I feel like I would, well, I think if people didn't say that, then, you know, I think more people would have, I feel for myself, I would have probably done a lot more exploring and travel when I was younger because the whole idea of like getting a full-time job right out of university is like to get to your next like life stage which is like you know maybe you get married maybe you buy your house and it's like if I knew that wasn't guaranteed because the way people talk about it they sounded guaranteed to me yeah absolutely So if I had known it wasn't guaranteed, I definitely would not have been in a rush to get a job right away (laughs) after graduating. I wouldn't have been working my ass off during the summers. Mm -hmm. I would have been taking it easy because, you know, once you have a full-time job, I've worked in corporate for over 10 years now. Like you're, you can't just be off unless you just decide to like do a leave of absence. Um, I feel like we were played. (laughs) Yeah, we our 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 grouping got we got screwed. I think for the younger kids, like the Gen Zs and whoever comes after them, mm-hmm. I think you know they'll be all right. They might not be able to buy a house, but my impression of a lot of Gen Z kids and younger is they just don't care. Like don't they're care. just trying to live yeah. their best life, and yeah. I think really that's like the best attitude to have. Right. And the third thing that makes this whole situation very annoying is because the government will say, well, we're going to do all these programs, but financially, I'm, I'm never the target of those programs. We are not going to be the target. We're not, we're gonna not the target of those programs. So like we're we get, gonna be out in the cold. <laughs> so when they're building affordable housing, I'm that's not, not qualifying for that. Bye <laughs> bye and be like, that's nice. <laughs> that's good for somebody. Just not me. And I'm not upset about it per se. Like I want people to be housed and the fact if I can afford to be housed, fine. But it's just like, it it is unfortunate because we're, our age group, a lot of us are just going to be, you know, we're in the middle. We're not going to have a home. I just implore people like, if you can try and you get something like a pre-construction that you're like happy with, go for it. If it's in another province and you want to maybe do an investment property, go for that. If that's like really important to you, learn about the stocks and the bonds and the index funds, you know, really think about like, again, a lot of the time when people talk about owning a home is you'll be success- successful is because the idea is you'll retire one day and you'll have a place to live. And then eventually, potentially, you know, maybe you sell that to downsize or when you pass away, that's something your family can use to like cover your expenses and then decide, right? I just right? want to so, know who's printing off all this money in their basement to for these prices. <laughs> I just want to know that, like, where? <laughs> there are a lot of very wealthy people out there. Well, like I'm making pennies. You're not making pennies. Our partners aren't making pennies. Like, what the hell? <laughs> It's just so annoying. And even like, I can't even say pre-construction is the best way to go now because right after we did pre-construction, the market like shifted towards pre-construction and then the prices started to go up there. So it's just like, people are just kind of like ping-ponging, trying to find wherever they can can to get into the real estate market. It's just every niche is going to be maxed out. So who knows? Maybe we'll just have bidding wars on parking spots. 
Listen, I, I'll put my tenth in the parking spot. The thing that I find the parking spot thing to be funny though is just because like you can only pay you depending on where the parking spot is, like I think like downtown proper, let's say if I recall correctly, pre pre-pandemic, renting a parking spot some, from someone who's like in a condo, at most you're renting it for like two hundred dollars a month. Yeah. for parking yeah so like if a parking lot spot is costing like 100k like you're not even getting your money back like no you're not but a like parking spot went for 100k like in york i'm pretty sure it was yorkville 100k and then they're actually going to be having uh a development that's just a parking garage like people are buying spots somewhere in mimico um oh is it at the ghost station no not the ghost station it's a property that's just like it's a, a property to house your car so it's just a parking lot just a, a private parking, parking lot. lot and you can choose the view that your car has <laughs> i'm not kidding <laughs> yeah so you know we're you know before when peasants were peasants it's like you worked for the lord in the big house you know the lord of the manor and the rest of the peasants just like toiled the fields now we just have these weird corporate overlords yeah like that makes no sense whatsoever. It's actually kind of interesting because if the government would just in, invest in public transportation, we wouldn't need parking lots. That's true. That's true. Just putting it out there. Like that's also an option. Like, you know, we go on vacation to Europe and we're always like, wow, like transit's really good here. Like we could have that here too. There's just no real willpower to get that done. It doesn't have to be the government changes, the provincial government changes. And so plans that were put in place get scrapped by the next government. Then you start again at, you know, Mm -hmm. at zero. And then the next government makes changes and everything gets scrapped again and you come up with a new plan. So every few years, it's just this back and forth and there's no real progress. And then you have this line that's going to be going through the East End that's going to just tear through a bunch of historic neighborhoods because we all know Doug Ford does not like Toronto. So that's going to be fun. Well, he doesn't like other parts of the province either. <laughs> he really hates Toronto. You know that man. Oh, yeah. Honestly, Tim Ford Toronto. could choke, like, honestly. <laughs> he if just, I never have to see him again, it'll be too soon. I just, I don't even know how he got into power. I can't wait for him to leave. He's not leaving. You think so? No. Andrea Horvath has been in charge of the NDP for years and has not been able to successfully win an election. Um, so, and I don't know like the deal, all the background to NDP. So, you know, don't quote me, but to my knowledge, like a lot of people, a lot of the big con- contributors to NDP are like unions and stuff, which are good, like in some cases Mm -hmm. um but a lot of unions are also very like exclusionary to other groups of people that might want to join like it's really hard etc etc so -hmm. there's that aspect um the liberals have del duca who is not like great either (laughs) and he's just been waiting to be like in charge and now this is his shot yeah and then you know doug ford as much as he's done nothing i don't think people would be willing to vote for andrea horvath or del duca um also like as much as he's bumbled most of this pandemic um a lot of people support him like his daughter is you know out here being an anti-vaxxer and yeah so can you imagine like the premier's daughter right is like saying like is out here being an anti-vaxxer she hasn't been like told to stop talking or anything right to like you know save the brand so that means that that means that they endorse that message right so 
you yeah. know, on one hand, he's going on TV saying these things, you have to do this, we're in a lockdown, but his daughter is presumably saying what he actually believes. Right. So, and a lot of people- because, I mean, listen. I always thought, frankly, that there was someone close to him this whole time who was an anti-vaxxer because the decisions he was making, they were completely ridiculous, contrary to science, contrary to his advisory boards, etc. I was like, there's someone close to him and it's his daughter. So great. But anyways, I don't want to spend the rest of this episode talking about her because she's. I mean, I don't even know her name. I just know that he has a daughter (laughs) and that's all I need to know because she's public about it. But anyways, all that's to say is that, you know, one of the downsides I find about Ontario and Canada at large, and I hope what I'm curious what other people think is like, there's just a lack of vision. Yeah, there's no real vision at all. Where is this country trying to go? Right. Like we've and I think that what that's that's what worries me the most. Right. Like, yeah, I might have to rent. Who cares? Like my life isn't horrible because of that. Right. It's a lost opportunity. But, you know, like if I really just want a house, I could just buy a house somewhere else and have the house there. Right. But like I just feel like. (laughs) I just feel like there's no real vision for what, like, what are we trying to do? Like conservative, liberal or NDP, like there's just no basic vision that everyone shares, like of how the province should go forward Mm -hmm. and even how the country should go forward. And so it's just like, I feel like we're just perpetually in this state of just, okay. Yeah. It's not great. It's not horrible, but then sometimes I feel like the horrible up. It's just, we're just getting by. We're just getting um, by. No matter how many songs Drake pumps out and everyone loves them overseas. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, that's like really the disappointment, right? Like there's really no vision. There's no plans. It's just vibes. Yeah. Let's just see where it goes then. All right. So this is a topic that I have been dying to talk about. I tackle a bit inside every time I see it online. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Toronto Influencer Starter Pack, which consists of a millennial Black woman who definitely has straight hair. She has zero to almost maybe minimum Black friends and a white boob. I'm going to say it. I'm saying this because we've all seen it online. It's so obvious. Like there's a trend amongst the millennial black female influencers of the city. And it can't even, it's not even just Toronto. I can't say it's like any major city across North America. I don't really follow the ones in Europe, so I don't know, but I just noticed it's a thing here and the most successful ones especially they, they definitely have the white boo and they may have one black friend that they will pull in for all their pictures to be like, I have a black friend. But then when you see pictures of them, like at dinner, it's like they're surrounded by a sea of white. So I just wonder, it just seems like it's almost like a requirement in the city. Okay. So guys, just like a disclaimer here, I'm going to say this is conspiracy theory. Allegedly, allegedly is being sprinkled around here. These are, are, uh, this is an opinion and it's a 
think something we notice. It's okay. an observation that I just conspiracy, conspiracy, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> and also another disclaimer. Yate and I are both married to non-black men. Yate's boo is white, mine is Asian. So, but we don't care. We're still judging because it just looks really weird. <laughs> like we're here. So I feel like this is a situation of the chicken or the egg, like which comes first. Because is it that they had a, a white boo and then they became an influencer? Or is it that they became an influencer and realized that they would have more influence power if they had a white boo? And like, I think it's a valid question of what came first, because we know how society is racist, right? So like, and people always say Black women aren't relatable, you know, oh, you're mean, you're aggressive, blah, blah, blah. So like having a white boo- Makes you approachable. It it makes you approachable, palatable. And- you know, the question is, is which came first? I think I know which came first, which is the money. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, I can say, like, for example, there's Patricia Bright. She is a massive influencer. She has, like, over a million followers. She's great. She's an OG. She's been around from time. Her boo has been around from time. Like there's pictures of them from like their anniversary dating time when, you know, they were like teenagers or like little babies, like maybe 20 years old. You could tell, like they both struggled together and she wasn't with him to make herself more presentable to these corporations that are now her sponsors. They genuinely seem to actually like each other. Yeah, and they seem to love each other and they have cute kids and all that. And she's just killing it. But then we have some of these other influencers. We're not going to name names, but some of them look like they just picked up any random white dude from Kmart and was like, you will fit the bill. Come with me and let's take some photos. Like it just seemed, and like, it doesn't seem, it seems very contrived. It's just, it's so bizarre to me because like on one hand, I do get it because they're seeing success from other black women who've done it on, on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like they see that success. So they're like, oh, okay. What's the key thing that they have? White boo, let me go get one. And then they see the numbers just tick, 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 go up and up and up. But it's weird. And then also why is it they always have straight hair? Yeah, that's the thing that gets me because, okay, this is like my moment to shine. You and I are natural. So we have like our hair out. We are the natural chicks. We are comfortable in our skin. We will rock any look. We can put on a weave. We can throw on braids, whatever. But like, they all have straight hair across the board. Yeah, that's what always catches me off guard too, which is what, what makes it feel more contrived because it's like, as a Black woman, I can say, generally speaking, we have gone through, most Black women have gone through a number of hairstyles. Like, I can't think of a Black person, uh, a Black woman, older or younger or whatever than us, who hasn't had their hair change. And so it's weird that it's permanently straight, like a permanently straight sew-in or wig or Normally those two things, actually. It's never like just like a natural blowout or like no, silk press. Not, not even that. Not even that. <laughs> and that always gets me every time. I'm like, doesn't your scalp want to breathe? breathe? And also like, can we not get some braids? Like what happened to your vacation braids? <laughs> right. 
like just rock the braids once in a while just pull, put them on and just get your hair done or just have your hair out have your hair out i want to see what your hair looks like naturally because i know you did not wake up with your hair looking like that you just don't and i think also what makes it feel like contrived and just also off is because contrived is off but is because most of the followers are black so it's like that's what we like it's weird like you expect to see like that so to not see it is like weird because it's like yes you have the white boo you know maybe to get the coins but like or you know whatever but like we're still your main support group but I think they get positive feedback though from a lot of other black women who are like, oh, goals, hashtag swirl love or whatever that crap is yeah. called. I, cause honestly, like, how do I find me a white boo? I've looked, I read the comments sometimes. And I'm just like, this is cringe. I can't even like, I've read comments under some posts where it's like, how do I find me an Asian man? How do I get Asian sensation? Or how do I get my white boo so I can swirl? And I was like, this is just yuck. <laughs> There is nothing worse than the squirrel life hashtag. That's (laughs) it's so cringe and so like it's a fetish. I'm sorry. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but it's a fetish. It 100 is, and it is. I wish the hashtag would go away. Basically, like any of those, like just think about it. Like you're hashtagging, like specific like black woman, white man, swirl life, Asian, what'd you say? Asian sensation? Oh yeah, my God. I just thought it, the other day, actually, I was reading something. Oh, I can't remember. I was telling Boo, I was like, have you heard of this Asian sensation? And he was like, no, what the hell is that? I'm like, I guess that's the thing that black women are trying to call Asian men now when they want to swirl. And it's just, we both just looked at each other like, what the f- it is so weird. Maybe it's because we're not like we didn't go. Th- I mean, I didn't go through the dating app phase. I'm not sure if you use any dating apps. Like, yeah, is this like an app did. thing? No, we met online, but it wasn't. We didn't have the hashtags. We didn't have in our bios. But like, you know, someone also. But did you ever come across any bios where it's like, like anyone did that, like Swirl Life or like Blasian or Asian whatever? No, like, not that. Not on the app that I was on. Mm-hmm. Not where we met, but. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that there, there probably is an app out there for people who are seeking interracial relationships, like intentionally. Um, I guess like the reason why it cringes me so much is that there's so so many ways for those relationships to fail. Because <laughs> like someone, like there's just so much cultural, there's just so much <laughs> cultural stuff. Yeah that comes with like dating a non like the person like a person of a different race right yeah. and I'm not saying that it can't work obviously you know both of where I've been with Boo for like 10 years almost mm-hmm. next year so like I totally or this year I think so totally like doable but there's been so many horror stories that I would be really cautious about, about just like finding someone of the opposite race because you think that's like the thing yeah. to do yeah I don't what did our parents say? Oh, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? Like, <laughs> that seems to be the thing now. But then also going back to this like starter pack, have you noticed? Okay, so they have straight hair. They are of a certain age, between 30 and 40 typically. Um, they got the white boo, but they often do not have black friends. 
or they may have one who's like also trying to find herself and identify as black for the first time in her 35 year year life like that's the part that trips me up because who do you look to when things are happening if not your black friends right like how do you I don't know I don't know I just I've noticed that as well like there is a certain I have just observed the the breakdown of their friends let's just say I'm like huh it's not really diverse considering we're in Toronto the one of the most diverse cities in the world uh but also very segregated it is segregated but I still think like as a black woman in the city how could you not have black friends I just like that's suspect that you see that's the biggest red flag of all (laughs) because the other things you can explain away but then if you don't have any black friends then you're the person that always says that black people don't like me like we know we have all met Mm -hmm. that person yes but you're also the token black friend that like white people like to call so you are filling their quota yeah yeah I don't know it's just something I've observed and it's been nagging at me and it's just weird listen I definitely I think we've all seen it you're not the first person I've talked to with this about like multiple people have pointed it out but it's always just like uh on the side like have you noticed this like, am, am I losing my mind? And you know how it's noticeable because the Black influencers that have a Black partner, the they, numbers, they either they don't show them or they if they do show them and their beautiful family, like, the numbers aren't the same. They're anomalies. Like, let's say, for example, there's Simply Sin. And she, I think actually for a while, she wasn't showing her husband's face. Wasn't she? Right. I think after she made it like to a certain number of like followers, um, then she started showing his face. And then obviously like she had the twins who clearly are not biracial at all. Um, So it was kind of obvious, like you, your husband is obviously black. Like, let's just put it out there. But it's kind of sad that they feel like they have to hide their black partners but we'll get like a creeper photo of a hand or like a cheek or something or a watch. Well, exactly. And I think with her too, I think because her content was travel, it's like slightly, I think it's like you have a little bit more room to be yourself, right? Because travel is, I mean, yes, there are travel experiences that can be different as a Black person, a Black woman, but ultimately it's kind of like, if you're going to this place, yeah, I can go to that place. Whereas when you're doing lifestyle, there's a clear, like, line of, like, like there's clear segregation of the lifestyle people, right? Like, there's the Asians, the white people, the white girls, the Asian girls, white girls, you know black girls latinas whatever whatever like people tend to stick with their tribe if you will right um so yeah yeah it's i'm happy we brought this conspiracy to light but allegedly allegedly (laughs) allegedly allegedly but i'm saying that it's fact (laughs) i don't (laughs) care what yate wants to say i'm saying it's fact because i have observed it and these men look like they're miserable (laughs) the ones who were just picked up yesterday for the gram 
<laughs> it's true. <laughs> Some of them look I'm dying. Like trapped. Some of them look trapped. <laughs> it's a reverse get out. Yeah, basically. No, oh, wait, wait, wait. My favorite, though, is when the white husband or partner it is like has like the black guy hair, the black guy, white guy haircut. Do you know oh, that haircut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they kind of have it's like, dude, then just get with the black guy. Like, why would you? Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that from time, actually, not even just like with the whole wave of social media, but even before I've seen that with some other pairings. And I'm just like, dude, like, why didn't you just get a black guy? Because he, he clearly, clearly wants to be black. Just like Kim K wants to be black. Like, just go black. It's not going to hurt you, but hey. Well, I mean, I think that's a discussion for another time because That is a very hot topic on the internet. You know, the manosphere, black guys, black men and black women. And, you know, what do you bring to the table? That dumb question. So I think that's a discussion for the next Another topic, another time, another episode. (laughs) All right. So we've reached the bottom of our bottomless mimosas. Who knew there was a bottom? Apparently there is, and we will catch you on the next episode of Resting Brunch Face. Ciao. Ciao.